This is MindSpeak. Everything you thought you knew about health is about to be turned on its head. I'm Holly Higgins, a nutritional therapy practitioner, and I'm here to show you how your mind can heal your body, your body can heal your mind, and no matter what you've been told, you are in the driver's seat of your life. Let's go. Welcome back to the show. I want to shout out a quick thank you if you have taken the time to leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. I just got some amazing reviews in from Joanna, Blair, Shay, Becky, a few other folks. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. It helps other people find the show and that's a good thing. So if you haven't left a review, now's the time. I am gunning for 100 by mid-April, and we're at 82 right now, so we have 18 more to go. So if you are on Apple Podcasts, all you have to do, it takes 0.3 seconds. Just go over and click the little stars or leave me a written review if you have a little extra time, and I'll send some virtual gold stars and some virtual hugs your way, and who knows, maybe I'll even shout you out on the podcast. I had something planned for this week's episode, something else planned, but then I decided to take a sharp left. That was my sharp left. (laughs) After I posted something on Instagram last week, and it had way more engagement than I thought it would, and so I thought, well, now seems to be the time that the collective needs to hear this, so this is what the episode is going to be about. So the post that I did was, did a thing, didn't die, did it again, which is how I've learned to approach life over the last several years. I do things that make me feel like I'm going to die, and then I get through them, and then I realize I didn't die, and then I do them again and again and again until eventually they just feel normal and I don't feel like I'm going to die or throw up at all. And at any given moment in my life, I probably have my hands in at least one project or goal or conversation or personal development-y thingy that makes me feel like I'm going to die or I'm going to throw up. (laughs) Um, I'm about to do some pretty serious work on time management and um, really getting my stuff together with my time because that is something, I think I've shared that on other episodes before, I am currently very, very lacking in the time management department, which is resulting on me crapping all over my future self inadvertently. So that's the next area that I'm going to work on. And right now it feels super hard. It feels super nauseating. I definitely don't want to do it, but it's gotten to the point where Um, the analogy that I use a lot is I'm sitting on a nail and it hurts really bad. And finally, the nail hurts bad enough that I'm going to do something about it. (laughs) So that's next on my list of vomit slash die. But but like I said, at any given point in time, I have my hand in at least a pot or two (laughs) where I feel like the water is going to get too hot. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I feel like I shouldn't be doing this. But I just keep my hand there. I keep going. I keep doing the thing until eventually I prove to myself that it wasn't that bad. And when I say 
it makes me feel like I want to die. What I mean is that it terrifies me. It scares the crap out of me. I go to do this thing, whatever the thing is, and my brain comes up with a million reasons for why it's an absolutely terrible idea. My brain did this with changing my diet, changing my career, signing my first client, the first time I got on Instagram stories, moving to a new state, selling my house. Um, every big and scary and worthwhile thing I've ever done, that's, that's just a very brief list. My brain has always thrown a tantrum and told me, this is a terrible idea. You shouldn't do it. It totally won't work out. And what I've learned to do is I just do the thing anyway, and I keep doing it until one day my brain's like, oh, she's still doing this thing and she's not dead yet. I guess it's okay for her to keep doing this thing. Oh, and look, she's actually kind of good at it now. Look at that. I guess I guess we better find something else to bother her about. So that's my brain <laughs> talking to me, being a jerk. And I think it's really important for you to know this because I know at least a few of you out there in internet land think that I have reached this mythical place where I have everything out figured out and everything must be easy. And I know this because some of you have told me this, but I don't. I don't have everything figured out and it isn't always easy. In fact, often it's very much not easy, but I think the skill that I'm the most proud of is learning to ignore the jerk in my brain when it throws a temper tantrum and it tells me all the reasons that I should stop doing whatever it is that I want to do. Because ultimately, when I look back at every single thing I'm proud of, and I've done a lot of things over the last few years that I'm really proud of, there's this one common thread that unites everything. And this is the thread. I wanted something that felt very out of reach. My brain told me all the reasons it probably wouldn't work, and they were very convincing. And then I did it anyway just to see if I could prove that voice in my brain wrong. It almost, when you do this over time, it becomes a little experiment almost where like you have this enemy in your head, and then it's like, oh, oh, you think I can't do this? Mm, watch me. I'm going to go do it. So I've turned it into a game. And eventually, when I did that enough times, I realized that the jerk in my brain actually had very low odds. And this jerk in my brain just really liked to talk a lot, really liked to run his mouth. It, whenever I talk about it slash him, it's always him. I don't know why, but we're going to go with it. <laughs> the jerk in my brain talks the talk. But as long as I just show up and walk the walk, the jerk in my brain loses. As long as I show up and do the work, in spite of whatever catastrophe that voice in my brain tells me is just around the corner, things usually work out. And nobody dies. Nobody has died yet. And then I just keep doing the thing until the jerk in my brain literally has no ammo against me because I've proven it wrong on every single front. And if this sounds exhausting, <laughs> lots of times, sometimes it is. It's, it can be very exhausting to argue with the voice in your head all day long. But, 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 it's way better than the other kind of exhausting. 
The other kind of exhausting is where you just listen to the jerk in your brain and you let it be right and you let it lull you into complacency. You let it bully you into complacency. And then you always have this low to mid-grade sense of feeling like you're meant for something more or you should be doing something else or things could be better or there's a really cool opportunity that you could embrace But the jerk in your brain says you're not good enough, or it won't work out, or no one will listen to you, or you failed in the past, so you'll probably fail again. That's my least favorite reason. Don't ever run that reason past me. (laughs) Just kidding. If you need to run that reason past me, I can talk some sense into you. And then when you listen to the jerk in your brain, you stay stuck, and you stay put, and you stay complacent. And nothing ever changes. And if you listen to last week's episode, those thoughts are the things that keep your car stalled, your metaphorical car, or it keeps you turning your metaphorical car around and going back to where you started. And that's exhausting too. I think that that is way more exhausting than arguing with the jerk in your brain and trying to prove it wrong and successfully proving it wrong. It's way more exhausting to just listen to this inner bully upstairs tell you what you're capable of and what you should and shouldn't do. That is exhausting on a soul deep level. So we can either fight the jerk in our brain or we can listen to the jerk in our brain. (laughs) And sometimes both of those things are exhausting, but in only one of those scenarios does your metaphorical car actually move forward. And long term, that is the less exhausting thing, and it uses the least amount of gas. If we don't pick fear, we pick complacency by default. And to me, that's even more terrifying. I heard a great quote from Donnie Epstein last week. He was on um, Lewis Howe's podcast, School of Greatness, and he said, Unless you claim extraordinary, ordinary claims you. And then I heard another one from Pat Flynn on Quote of the Day show. He said, I'd rather live a life of oh wells than a life of what ifs. Isn't that so good? A life of oh well, that didn't work out. Glad I tried versus man, what would have happened if I tried? So unless you're actively fighting the jerk in your brain and working to prove it wrong, the jerk in your brain claims you and tells you what you're capable of. And I think one of the worst and most limiting lies that we tell ourselves is that other people aren't afraid and things come easy to other people. I know I used to tell myself this all the time, but it's a big fat lie And because we feel afraid and because things don't come easy to us, then we're just not cut out for them. It's not in the cards for me. Again, that's a big fat lie. Everybody starts afraid and uncertain and doubtful. And the people who get to the other side of fear, where whatever they're doing looks effortless and easy and Instagrammy, and this is literally all that we get to see of people these days, they were just willing to throw up 500 times 
They were just willing to do a thing over and over and over until they convinced their brain that they weren't going to die. And then eventually they just got good at it. But that's all you're seeing is them good at it. I know I used to look at people who were doing cool things or who had something figured out that I was struggling with and I'd say, oh, must be easy for them or they got lucky or must be nice or that must have been handed to them. And sometimes people do get things handed to them. I'm not arguing that people don't get things handed to them, but it's never, ever, ever helpful for you to look at somebody and say, oh, they just had that handed to them. Like, that doesn't do anything good for you. It just drags you down further into the thought toilet. (laughs) So now when I see people doing things that feel really out of reach or that feel super cool, my first thought is, how many times did they have to barf and cry to make it to that level? And how can I increase my barf cry resilience tolerance to get to that level of awesome? (laughs) That to me feels like a much more helpful thought than, oh, they just had that handed to them. Because if I ask myself, how can I increase my barf cry resilience? Then I can actually do something. I actually have power. If I just look at someone and say, oh, they just had that handed to them. I don't have any power. I'm helpless. What if fear actually means you're doing it right? What if the fact that you want to barf means you're doing it right? I want to give you a little litmus test, a little question that I like, because there's a lot of talk floating around in the self-improvement, personal development space, world, place, about taking aligned action and letting it be easy and doing what feels good and believe it or not, I actually agree with all of that, even, it sound, even though it sounds very, very contrary to what I'm talking about right now, which is like, do it scared and feel the fear and barf into a bucket. Um, I actually do ap- apply a lot of those principles to things myself, but I think there's a really important distinction, or at least there's an important distinction for me that doesn't get talked about as much. And the question that I like to ask is, what feels good long-term or what excites me long-term or what's going to feel easy and light long-term because sometimes what is going to feel good long-term is going to require you being scared or making difficult decisions in the short term. And that's always my litmus test. Another way to phrase this is, When I make this choice, am I taking a dump on future me? (laughs) I really try to ask myself that question a lot because all of the worst places I've ever been in my life were because I was constantly taking a dump on future me. I was borrowing from the bank of future me when it came to food and money and all sorts of things. And now I, I realize I keep borrowing from the bank of future me when it comes to my time. I was putting things off or making decisions that felt good and cozy and warm in the short term, but screwed me over in the long term. 
And so now I have this practice where I try to ask permission from future me. I ask what she thinks. What do you think about this decision that I want to make right now, future me? And usually she tells me that I need to do the thing that makes me want to barf. (laughs) And things are so much better because of it. Am I making this sound appealing? (laughs) Probably not. So... I want to know what is something that you know you need to do, but when you think about it, it makes you want to barf. Something you know you need to do, something you've been meaning to do, something you've been wanting to do that fills you with dread and anxiety and all of the barfy feelings. Can you do it this week? And can you prove to yourself that you didn't die? I'm seriously curious. I want you to come tag me on Instagram at Holly Fisher Higgins and tell me what you did and tell me how you didn't die and tell me how your life is better because of it. I went to a class and I didn't die. I started a project and I didn't die. I put myself out there and I didn't die. I risked, I risked rejection and I didn't die. I cleaned my closet and I didn't die. I took an hour to meal prep and I didn't die. I sat through a craving and didn't die. I started a podcast and didn't die. (laughs) That one is actually a past message for me last summer. Sometimes I send time traveling messages to my past self. It's no big deal. Just quantum healing. (laughs) Um, That was for me last summer when my brain was telling me that I was going to die if I started this podcast. It's February and I'm still alive. So come tell me about the thing you're doing that makes you want to die. And I'll remind you that you're still alive and you're getting stronger every minute because of it. That's all I've got for you this week. Remember to leave a rating and a review for MindSpeak if you have 0.3 free extra seconds today. And if you're new around here, I have a free ebook and audio download for you. If you head over to mindspeakpodcast.com forward slash sabotage, I've also just linked it up directly in the show notes if you want to go check it out. I'm talking all about subconscious self-sabotage and other things that your brain likes to tell you (laughs) to convince you that you might die and some of my favorite tools and tricks for getting around those roadblocks and smashing that negative self-talk to the curb. So go check that out. But until next week, go believe in you. I do.